podcast. To learn more about our other podcasts, check out Spin Online or download the Go Loud app. Spin. You are very welcome back to Spin Our Skull and it is that time of the show where we chat to a specialist. Now, over the course of this show, we have spoken all about how to mind your physical health. Now it is time to talk about the organ that is perhaps the most important when it comes to being a student and that is your brain. And someone who knows all about the brain is psychologist and neuroscientist Sabina Brennan. We are so delighted to have you on Spin Our Skull. Thank you for taking the time. And, you know, I'm delighted to be here. And actually, the brain is not the most important just for students, but for everybody. (laughs) Where would we be without the brain, Sabina? (laughs) Well, there isn't one thing you can do without your brain. It's the most important organ. And really, what's quite funny, I think, is, you know, um, we brush our teeth twice a day. And what do you do for your brain? (laughs) So true. Something that we actually kind of just forget is there I suppose but we probably neglect to mind it yeah we really do neglect it and the thing is it's because the brain is so brilliant you know everyone has inside their skull the most complex structure in the known universe um and it's so brilliant at what it does that you don't have to think about it it you know it it until (laughs) it doesn't do what you want it to do so I'd say a lot of the students um listening are finding that it's not doing exactly what they want it to do at the moment and actually students as well as everybody else living through the pandemic there's like a little bit of an epidemic of brain fog you know nobody's brain is working properly and there's lots of reasons for that and I can touch on those too because I do think that the students this year living through the pandemic are dealing with added stressors that will make it more difficult to study but there are good things that you can do so there's good news in there too. Do you think it's fair to say that the leaving cert is up there but one of these like life milestones that everyone finds stressful and everybody goes through the same feeling of anxiety, worry and like you said, brain fog. I think we've all been in the state where we're like, I just wish I could learn this. I just wish it would go into my head. I think certainly it's a rites of passage. I think as you get older in the grand scheme of things, when you look back, you realize it's not that big a deal. But actually, as you're facing it, it's huge. Um, And, you know, it's perfectly normal to feel anxious about something like that and perfectly normal to feel a bit stressed. And stress is not a bad thing. You know, stress actually um, can motivate us in the right quantities. It can motivate us. It can give us the energy. Um, and it actually enhance our ability to learn um, and it also can enhance our memory if it's just if you can just find your sweet spot um, however if you kind of if that spills over into anxiety what happens is that so stress will give you excess energy I mean you know it kind of evolved for that fight or flight response and it gives you extra energy that you can use it can get extra oxygen to your brain which is brilliant so you can become more alert and more attentive and take more information in and that's kind of the space you want to get at whereas um if it that stress becomes chronic and into anxiety what happens is stress can also lead you to freeze you know and be paralyzed with fear so you'll see animals that are paralyzed with fear when something happens and what happens then really in a way is that all that excess energy that you have that you could be harnessing to enhance your studying and your learning actually goes into you just worrying and thinking those thoughts and going oh my god and and I have all this to do and I have all that to do and oh my god I'm not going to be able to do any of it so that's really the first thing is to try and get that sort of under control and into perspective and uh, balance and taking breaks are key uh, for that there is a tendency when we're studying for exams 
especially you know if we haven't been doing what we should be doing throughout the year and learning as we go I mean that's just human that's just the way we do it is to try and cram everything in um, and you know it's okay to, to you know to do serious studying towards the you know as you're coming it's still a good way to the exams there's still plenty of time I wouldn't be panicking um, by any measure or means but I would learn to study smart um, and um, really um, the, the trick though is how you manage your studying so it is absolutely fruitless and pointless to study for 10 hours uh, you know a day non-stop you know it that's just nothing is going to go in you're just wasting your time you're wasting everybody's time and um, your brain can't cope your brain is brilliant but there's only a certain period of time um for which you can pay attention actually to be honest if you don't actively focus your attention it will naturally sort of wander after about 30 seconds so that means that when you actually have to, you know, focus your attention, it requires you to use the thinking part of your brain, your neocortex, which is the crinkly outside part of your brain. That's a really resource heavy part of your brain. It uses up a lot of energy. So you have to harness that to pay attention. So that's tiring. Your brain gets exhausted and it needs a break. So I really would suggest that you take a break every 30 minutes or at least, I mean, it'll be personal for people, but certainly no longer than 90 minutes. You know, I would suggest a small break every 30 minutes, even if it's just to get up, walk around, go outside, breathe in fresh air, you know, just switch it up or even do a different task. If you have something else to do that involves a different part of your brain, switching a task you know, can actually be a bit of a break as well. Um, but I would, um, you know, then go for a bigger break. Some people say, you know, because our body goes in sort of 90 minute cycles that some people say, well, then take a big, you know, a bigger break after that sort of 90 minutes. And also, um, you know, there's a lot to be said for taking a small nap. Um, and, and a small nap is, is, is literally, I'm talking 10 to 15 minutes. Um, and I have been known when I've been writing my books to take a nap, um, you know, maybe half two or three in the afternoon to combat that slump where, you know, when you're writing a book, it's a bit like, well, I write nonfiction. So when I was writing my book, Beating Brain Fog, you know, I have to do a huge amount of research. You're taking it all in and then you're trying to decide, okay, how can I distill that down? Do I need to put that in? How can I thread the story together? It's a bit like studying. You just become overwhelmed. And I would start to feel as I'm sure your listeners do, you know, your eyelids starting to drop and go, oh my God, I can't even keep my eyes open. And I just take that as my brain telling me I actually need to stop. And I close my eyes and I'll take, I put an alarm on. When it comes to napping, timing is critical. So 10 minutes or no more than 15 minutes because you won't have gone into a deep sleep. So you will kind of get a bit of feeling of refreshed. If you need to take a longer nap, well, then you need to take 90 minutes because that's a full sleep cycle and you will wake up refreshed. If you wake up after 30, 40 minutes, you will wake up sleep drunk um, because you are waking in the middle of a sleep cycle and you will be worse off than you ever were. So that's absolutely critical. And I'm sure lots of you have experienced that where you go, oh, I could never take a nap because, you know, but it can enhance learning, believe it or not. There's studies that have been done where, you, you know, you take in information take a nap that can help consolidate the information you have taken in so far. Um, and then you, you freed up some space in your brain to take in new information. And that's, I believe you've been talking about sleep and that sort of thing for this episode. So sleep is critical to learning and memory. And that's really what your studying is about. Our exams in a way are a test of learning, understanding the information and remembering it so that you can 
you know, spew it out in the exam. That's essentially what it is. And sleep is critical to both of those processes. So when you take information in during the day, you uh, are using a part of your brain called the hippocampus. And that's deep in an unconscious part of your brain. It's absolutely critical for learning and memory. And it acts a bit like a temporary repository for the information you've taken in during the day. But it has a limited capacity. There is only so much it can take in. So that's why it is pointless to continue on studying when you're tired. There's no more room in that part of your brain. And that, that space can only be cleared by you going to sleep. And when you go to sleep, what happens then is we see your brain communicates by electrical and chemical signals. And what we see when you go to sleep is um, information traveling between that hippocampus and the frontal lobes of your brain, which are the thinking brain. And that's sorting out information that we, because it's as important to know what we should forget. So it's sorting out what needs to be forgotten and what needs to be remembered. Then as we move a little bit deeper into sleep, we start to see, and I'm making hand movements here, even though we're on the radio folks, but basically if you can imagine a network right across all the different areas of your brain, we see activity there and that's the memories being consolidated then when you get into REM sleep which is deep dream sleep which is the early part of the morning before you wake up that information is linked with previous memories previous knowledge previous experience so that allows you to build on what you've learned before it will also give you solutions to problems or may actually get you get that moment ah now i understand that theorem ah i get it now your brain needs that space to do it you sometimes we try to force our brain to do too much we think we're the controller but actually in downtime the not active studying your brain is consolidating memories and it's making connections and links and coming up with you know creative ideas etc so the taking the breaks and sleeping are just as vital as the amount of time spent studying i need to ask the question as well for the students that find themselves in a situation that they actually cannot sleep they are so anxious for example the night before an exam and i know this is something i even struggle with now and i did my leaving cert 10 years ago if it's a night before an important meeting an important exam and you just you're tossing and turning you can't get that sleep is there any way of combating that like you said you know finding that sweet spot well no really to be honest you need to train good sleep habits And that will help immensely because even if you do, even if your anxiety level is keeping you awake the night before, you are not dealing with a sleep debt. Do you know what I mean? If you've been having good sleep and if you have created a good sleep routine and a good sleep ritual, it will be easier to fall into that. But I wouldn't I wouldn't over you know, I wouldn't um, be over concerned about just not sleeping that night before. It's not ideal, but what I would be concerned is if if you don't have a good sleep habit and, and critical to good sleep um, is regularity. Going to bed and getting up at the exact time, same time every day are critical. Listening to your own body talk. I, I could talk all day actually about this thing, but teenagers um, circadian rhythm is different to adults or older adults, I should say. It changes across our lifespan. And so actually, you know, the, the best time for teenagers to learn can be perhaps late in the evening. You know, it sounds counterintuitive to some people, but know when things work best for you. But you've got to ensure teenagers, you should be getting about 10 hours sleep at night. Imagine that. 
10 hours is actually what you need. And I can guarantee most of you are probably only getting about six hours. So if you're only getting six hours, you are missing out on some of those processes that I'm talking about, either not consolidating the memory or not freeing up your hippocampus to take more information in. If you actually take that time to sleep, you will retain more information and you will be able to remember better. Getting out in daylight is critical to uh, sleep. Your brain needs to see the daylight. So get out in daylight at least a half an hour a day, if possible. Turn off the blue, blue light emitting devices at least an hour before bed. That I know is one of the hardest things to do, but that is going to keep your brain awake. It fools your brain into thinking um, that it is daytime. Um, and really, um, exercise is critical for helping you sleep. Exercise also enhances your ability to learn and to remember. So girls out there, maybe boys, it's very hard for anybody getting exercise at the moment um, with the pandemic. But I do know teenage girls tend to slacken off on the exercise and focus on the study. Actually, you will do better if you exercise every day. And a really great time to exercise is lunchtime, because what it can actually do is so, you know, there's a natural drop in our alertness about three o'clock in the afternoon afternoon that's natural that happens everybody uh, and that's actually why you know some of us just taking a nap then will work very well but if you actually take you know good physical exercise go for a run dance put on good music you know whatever um that will enhance your ability to learn and helps actually compensate, overcome that normal dip in alertness. Um, and it's really critical that you have fun. It is really critical that you that's because that's a laughter is nature's natural stress buster. Um, it actually lowers levels of cortisol. So I say in my book, I have I have it here. And actually, I, I, I'm not trying to push my book. You, you can get it free in the library, I'm sure. And you can get an audio version, you know, if you're not on Audible, you know, the first instance of it. But it's full of tips that will help you enhance sleep and manage stress. And actually, one of my, my, my tips for managing stress is to make sure that you do at least a half an hour of something that makes you laugh, smile, have fun, or where you just lose yourself, you know, something that you can just take time out from everything every day, every day, because that will that will really help manage the stress. It'll also help you to get the whole exam leaving sort of thing in perspective and nutrition. Rubbish yeah. in, rubbish out. Food is the fuel for your brain and it really is a high energy organ. It weighs about 2% of your body, but it consumes about 20 to 25% of the nutrients circulating in your body at any time. So if you're shoving chocolate and sugar in, your brain is not going to function properly. If you're eating a healthy Mediterranean diet, your brain will be sharper. Plenty of water as well, not fizzy drinks, not sugary drinks. Your brain is a thirsty organ. And if it gets dehydrated, um, it can't function and brain cells will die. So like, you know that sounds so sinister no we don't want to kill our brain cells so if you're listening to the radio fill yourself a glass of water fairly lively i feel just very quickly one final question and i guess look if you're in the situation you go into your written exam the clock starts ticking and there you go you've got an hour you go blank for the student who finds themselves in that situation sabina is there a quick fix is there a solution yeah i certainly would start to breathe 
uh, I would try to re-engage. So um, your amygdala is your fear center. And when you become highly stressed and if you have been deprived of sleep and haven't been exercising, um, your amygdala, so normally, so you have your amygdala, uh, which is in an unthinking part of your brain, your fear centers and your frontal lobes, which is your thinking part of your brain. So your amygdala can save your life and it, it, it reacts instantly at a time of threat. So that's a time of threat. Oh my God, we just got the exam paper. Oh, right, you know, and, and, and oh, I need to run or I, I, I need to fight or I'm going to freeze you know it's that response now ordinarily what happens in a normal um, stress response is a little bit slower the information comes to your frontal lobes and it has access to all of the other information you have so what you need to do is just breathe and say I really need to connect my frontal lobes that's just my amygdala shouting loudly that I need to run away I need to calm down start to access I have studied this topic topic there are things that I know. There are things on the paper that I may think that I don't know. There may be things on the paper that when I read them, I think I have no idea what they're talking about, but that's actually probably just my fear and anxiety getting in the way. Take a breath, read it again, take it apart. You're gradually your thinking brain will actually start to support you but you need to re-engage it if you've got you know over anxious and practice that I think beforehand I think it really helps to understand how your brain actually works and um, if you're chronically stressed if you let yourself become chronically stressed um, over the next few months, that's going to be more likely to happen. You want to be working on managing your stress now and great ways are sleep, um, exercise, having fun and actually listening to your thinking. You know, what are you thinking and going, OK, is that is is that really making sense what I'm thinking you know that oh I can't do this actually let's just see if I can and sit down and um you know our, our thinking is a behavior just like eating sleeping walking but people often forget that it's a behavior and it is a behavior that you have total control over you have absolute control over your thinking we often just let our thoughts run and run away and we think oh but I keep thinking this and you go well okay just acknowledge that and go okay I'm going to think something else and actually writing some fears down on paper gets it out of your brain anxiety is sort of a note from your brain that you need to do something and take action and if you don't take action that will keep going around in a circle so even if it's just you take the action to say I need to do that I'm going to mark that down that I have to study that and I'm going to do it at two o'clock tomorrow so that if it comes back in your brain you go that's dealt with stand for two o'clock tomorrow that can really help your brain you know yeah. come stop having to remind you um yeah i just think they should teach how your brain works in school sabina brennan thank you so so much now that is us all out of time on spin or skull i'm going to make myself a glass of water now and go and have some fun for the rest of my saturday you can listen back as always to long form versions of these chats just search spin or skull wherever you get your podcast spin or skull the podcast to learn more about our other podcasts check out spin online or download the go loud app spin